Jumbo, lads and lasses, and welcome to episode three of the Soccer Talk Lads podcast, where we'll discuss all the latest goings on in the world of St. Louis and American soccer. Does MOS for the Lou have a new president? Does Greg Berhalter know that Josh Sargent is better than Giassi's artist? Does Ian know the difference between Corey Lewandowski and Robert Lewandowski? We'll answer all those questions ahead, so let's kick off. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Soccer Talk Lads, or STL podcast, brought to you by Cutest Funeral Home. Ian, we're here with, I'm Stephen Ground, I'm here with Ian Peters, and we're here with Justin Horniker as well, who is coming to us from a distant land. Justin, where are you joining us from tonight? I'm coming to you live from Antonio Conte's Taylor, and um, we're just hanging out here in, I assume it's Milan, mm. uh, Natalie. Is, so. he, is he one of those prison tailors, like from Friends, or is he like a regular tailor? No, he's a classy. He's okay. a classy tailor. Good, 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 good. Uh, all those Friends references that'll fly right over the heads of the young folks. We like to keep everyone engaged right from the start. Uh, much like the MOS for the Lou likes to name their presidents right from mm. the start. Hmm, what a transition. Uh, Justin, you believe that there's a new president in the works for MOS for the Lou, whose name, by the way, we were told during the broadcast of the uh, USA game that we'll talk about shortly, we should know in like two months. Uh, but leaving that aside for a moment, tell us about this new president all the way from So, like, uh, Dan Flynn stepped down. Presumably to take the STL, that whatever the MLS STL name ends up being, um, it's a thing of like if not if when mm-hmm. they're not doing a very good job of keeping that secret since he's been in the process the whole time. He's like on stage when they announce the team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's not very subtle. Um, <laughs> what so the president is that equivalent to a general manager in other sports, or is it like a top top boss? gonna be yeah it'd be like the top so, so it'd be like, like general manager Chris would be sporting director um for the most part i don't know it's all ambiguous but it'd be like the like business side of things okay. from what i understand okay okay and what uh what do you think about this potential hire i think it's okay so let's go through go through the pros and cons a little bit so he's a st louis guy a slew guy um obviously knows the ins and outs of the area and St. Louis soccer um, has worked with us soccer since 99, I believe in his current role. Um, and was on part of the like 94, the 2003 and the 2026 us, a slash Canada slash Mexico world cup bids um, knows MLS rules and regulations, which cannot stress how important that is since they are made up as we go along. So that's always a good thing. Um, Don Garver had a quote when he left saying, I look forward to you yelling at me all the time in your new role. So 
That's so Don to... already knows what this will be. <laughs> Don's on the inside. So the soccer Don is in on it. Um, he personally oversaw development for USAID Soccer Academy. So like with what they have in Kansas City and uh, I think there's one in LA and somewhere else. So he's been someone who has kind of been the one kind of driving the like youth national team and the like the youth development that we've had the so past he's got, decade he's got or so. the inside track on the next generation you're telling on the next generation uh-huh. um so for that i think it's i think it's a good i don't know like it seems like the perfect hire for us obviously uh, what do you guys think I, I i like it i gotta tell you i'm already suspicious of this everything's gotta come from st louis approach mm-hmm. that they seem to have that worries me a little bit. but it lends it lends to our unnamed team some gravitas that's that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Ian, have we let have we let you speak until now on the podcast? <laughs> Ian, what do you think? I've chosen not to speak. Okay. So you weren't you weren't indentured in any way. This mm-hmm. was this was per- although perfectly the, of your although own the more you speak of it as such, the more it seems like Ian, I, I don't <laughs> recall. There's nothing to be concerned with. Ian is perfectly fine. He would speak if he wants to. That's he just right. chose not to. I'm I blinking. No one can see my blinking. Giving him permission. He's holding up a copy. <laughs> of today's newspaper and begging for help <laughs> that you cannot see that. Uh, any thoughts on Dan Flynn, Ian? I'll let you speak for once. No, I just mean I think coming from like a uh, U.S. soccer background mm-hmm. and being put in in charge as a, I guess, what were we talking about? Sort of like a president role. Um, it's just a great, I think that's a really good first step for this organization in terms of like getting someone with a little name recognition Mm -hmm. from a bigger organization that maybe people from St. Louis have heard of outside of the fact that he's just from St. Louis, you know? Yeah, Yeah, I agree. You had this lengthy quote in the notes, Justin. Uh, It says, In his more than 18 years as the organization's CEO, Flynn has catapulted U.S. soccer's business growth into an organization with more than $150 million in reserve. With the benefits of several multi-million dollar partnerships, Flynn oversaw a renewed focus on national team and player development, creating more opportunities for youth players of all ages by adding youth national team programs from under 14 to the under 20s and launching the Boys and Girls Development Academy programs. Flynn also focused on creating soccer facilities, leading to the development and construction of U.S. Soccer's National Training Center at the StubHub Center in Carlson, California. Most of those were made-up words, uh, which opened in June 2003 in the National Training and Coaching Development Center in Kansas City, Kansas, which opened at the end of 2017. Yes, that's right. We are Missouri's only MLS team. Don't you forget it, Kansas. And he also led the process of building the brand new National Soccer Hall of Fame in Frisco, Texas, which is a strange place to put it, which opened in October of 2018. Where'd you get that quote from, Justin? So it's from U.S. Soccer's like profile. Okay, definitely. I kind of figured, but I wanted yeah. to want to attribute people. You know, don't want to be one of those plagiarizing podcasts. <laughs> it's from his official profile, probably written by him. Yeah, so you can attribute it to Dan Flynn. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, do you see any uh, problems with the hiring of Dan Flynn, or potential problems with it? Uh, personally, like the cons for me are that the only thing is that he's deeply ingrained in u.s soccer and mls which take that for what you will um we're probably at, like an all-time low as far as like public perception of u.s soccer right now and he's and kind of like be. been there the whole time yeah yeah that's a, i mean it's a mixed bag right because i feel like in on the one hand 
part of the reason we're at an all-time low is because more people care more than they ever have before, which is partially due to his growth. But then the management hasn't been that good. You know, and we've got so many great young players that we don't seem to be using correctly now, as we'll talk about momentarily. But um, yeah, it's 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 interesting, and it's maybe it's the right time for him to change roles and try something new. Yeah, and he's especially like so the process to hire Burrowalter took like a year, and he was the first person they interviewed. And Eaton Flynn was like on that committee, so mm-hmm. read into that what you will. But do, do you mean Greg? Craig Gig Gig Yes. Okay, good. Uh yeah, I, I I like it. I mean I think it's a good fit for St. Louis and and even though I poked fun at it, I mean it's always good to have homegrown people if they're competent and qualified, which he is both, it seems. And as long as we're slightly better than uh, Cincinnati's MOS debut, we can't be too bad, right? It's not, you know, it's a pretty low bar. But, <laughs> Set that uh, bar phenomenally low we'll for take all it. of us. So we will take it. Uh, any more thoughts on Flynn before we move on to the other St. Louis soccer news of the past uh, oh. two weeks, three weeks since we recorded last? What have we been doing? Let's keep it rolling. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, the yeah, the other big event was last week's uh, U.S. men's national team uh, showdown at uh, Bush Stadium with Uruguay. Uh, I did say the proper Central Ooh. South American country, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I said it properly too. Well, thank you. Uh, Sans Luis Suarez or any of their he other bites top people. players, he does. Right. Hey, hey, he can do a soccer thing. <laughs> hey, Opa. We need like yeah. a running counter of things that you pull out of thin air. That's one. That's one. Um, Luis Suarez's teeth onside or offside, Ian? That is the question. That's true. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, they're offensive. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, boy. Uh, yeah, so you're going with shorthanded. Who's the other top striker they were missing? Top four? Uh, Edison Cavani. Cavani. That's who I thought it was, and then I kept saying that name in my head, and I was like, that's Italian, not Uruguayan. But anyway, I was wrong. Uh, there were 20,625 at- uh, people in attendance at Bush Stadium, uh, which is not a great number on the face because mm-hmm. Bush holds twice 40, as many yeah, people something. as that. Like cavernous. <laughs> um, yeah, and it did look big and empty at times. Um, but I'm not that worried about it. I guess let me let you talk about it, Justin, and and then we'll let Ian talk again if we have to. And then <laughs> if we have to. But what do you think uh, about the the arguably paltry attendance numbers? Yeah, I mean, like, I think it's more of an indictment on U.S. men's national team friendlies right now versus, like, you, the St. Louis's interest in soccer. Um, it's just, it's been bad across the board, but just the fact that it was held in Bush and the field was falling apart and it holds, like, 40, how many, like, 48,000? Is that Bush's? 46, 48, somewhere in there. Yeah. yeah, so I was, like, not even half full. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, it's been, it was, like, the third highest friendly attendance this year and the six highest and they even beat out some of the gold cup games. So like, I think St. Louis should look good because the U S men's national team, is just like has been terrible the last cycle. So. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I, I tend to agree with you for one thing. I mean, there's, there was no excuse for USMNT to miss the world cup when it did last time. So, that has just put everything on a bad footing, and it's kind of unfortunate because we've got so many young 
stars, including, you know, Josh Sargent from uh, St. Louis, the hometown kid who got to start in this game. Uh, But at the same time, you know, I don't think St. Louis got a lot of warning for this game. I remember it being announced maybe in like July. um, And it was kind of what was a Wednesday night. It was kind of oddly timed. So I don't read a ton into the attendance being a little lower than anything more than what you just said about, you know, the programs down and and it was a little bit of odd timing and Uruguay was playing without any of its top stars so it wasn't a team that people were coming out Mm. to see necessarily I mean I saw a Liverpool Roma game two or three years ago at Bush that was mostly full I was going to ask of those international ones drawn a lot better yeah I mean they've done some at uh even at uh the Edward Jones Dome, mm-hmm. the erstwhile Edward Jones Dome, that were pretty full. So I think this is more an anomaly than anything else. Justin, do you have more thoughts on that? Yeah. No, I think, like, if you look at the past history, um, you know, this is more of a... I don't even like it's still a good look. Like, it's, yeah, it's over what the average tenants has been. But if it was, like, 15,000 or something, it would be a little troublesome. But I think at 20,000, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, it's just like you said here in the notes, more reason to wait for the soccer-specific stadium that's on its way. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the... Well, just just tell us about your distaste for Giassi's artists a little bit, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> you guys love to poke at me. Um, yeah, he's just... He shouldn't be starting international competitions, and that's... My that's my piece. That's what I that's what I have to say about Giassi Zardes. Um, I just think like if you look at Sargent and Zardes, like even if right now, if we look at him as kind of close, like the things that Zardes does, he's a very direct player. Um, he can't do like he has a lot of pace, so that's what makes him like you know, unless he's really good because he can play hard, like plays fast, um, he can do that all game. But the like skill level between Zardes's first touch and Sargent's first touch is like night and day yeah and he should not be playing over josh Sargent in any circumstances yeah i mean i i get the substitution in a friendly i guess but burhalter to me was just such an uninspiring hire i don't know especially after the year of production they made out of it but like it just struck me as you get rid of uh Crap, now I'm blanking on his name. Who was his predecessor? The well, Bruce Arena. So it was Klinsman, then Arena. Oh, yeah, it was then, Arena, yeah. Arena, and then Klinsman. Yeah, okay. So you get rid of Arena because he manufactured the cup miss, basically. Yeah, basically. And then it's just like a not super inspiring guy taking his place. Maybe it's the right hire, but it feels like a, a more of a caretaker manager to steal the premiership's term. It feels like he's just kind of there until they have something more exciting. Um, and I just don't like the idea of like, if he can't recognize that a younger player has earned with his skill and production, the right to replace an older, more experienced player. That sort of stuff really bothers me. Was he a recent hire? Greg, yeah, he was hired over the summer, I want to say, or late last spring, maybe. Yeah, like last spring. So he's been, been like the whole year. Has been okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, his, he's, he should be 
up and running now, but it's still pretty recent. I think he likes to play it safe because you like, like Will Trapp got called up and he shouldn't be in a U.S. men's national team either. Um, and then the game in Mexico, they played Trapp and they played Sardes and they got totally outrun in a game that they probably shouldn't have. Uh, well, and it's it's so weird because we've got. I feel like the I feel like USMNT is very Frankenstein right now because you've got yeah. the young potential superstars like obviously Polisic and uh, Sergeant and McKinney and those guys, and then you just have a lot of the kind of hangers on from previous generations, including artists and um, you know a lot of those guys. Tim Ream is older, but obviously is still one of the better players on the team and plays in a higher level than most of these guys. But it's just, it seems like a team that's struck and stuck in transition and doesn't want to commit to being younger and up and coming and exciting. And that worries me a little bit Yeah, because the world cups once every four years. So the next two are in like Polisic's prime. And then he's already like an old player by the end of the, you know? Yeah. And then you're probably looking at, like Michael Bradley is still probably our best like defensive midfielder and mm-hmm. he's in his mid thirties. Yeah. Um, Josie's only 29, but he has like hard years on him. He's been mm-hmm. playing on the international level for like 11 since he was 18. So yeah. even though 29 isn't necessarily past your prime, he's probably like getting on the end of what you can expect out of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just a lot of those guys that have been around forever. Um, that are great, but don't really have a place in the in the future and it's just i don't know it's a little concerning i'd like to see them get some momentum and make some noise again but they seem to be kind of stuck in a holding pattern right now um someone who's not stuck in a holding pattern is norwich city the greatest team of all time this is a departure from american talk unless you have more to add about national team no, no, I'm done. I'm done talking uh, about it. I thought Norwich City was here in America. It did, yeah. certainly <laughs> sounded like an American city. Um, this was probably the biggest international soccer story of the past week or so, at least in terms of game results. There's always player drama going around. But um, Norwich City, the young... Is this... They weren't... They were in the Premier League last year, right? But they were... In the near relegation, no, this zone. is their their first year back. This is their first so year. It might back? feel okay. like that. They've been okay. up and down like every year. But okay, this that's, is their first year back that's what I thought, but I wasn't. I didn't want to say something stupid. So, <laughs> um, they knocked off the basically titan of the Premier League, Manchester City, in a thrilling three to two game that happened. Uh, was it Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday? Yeah, yeah, it was it? Sunday. Anyway, over the weekend and. Uh, that was really the first blow that Man City has taken for a long time, other than their, I guess, their Champions League exit last year. They came from arguably sort of behind and won the league title last year in that incredible, probably arguably the greatest league title race in Premier League history, uh, beating Liverpool by the 
one point in the standing, basically in the final game. And this is the first time they've looked vulnerable in a long time. What did you think about this, Justin? Or Ian, if you want to start us off with your thoughts. Oh, no. Okay. Let's see. What do you think? (laughs) Straight to Justin. Straight to Justin. (laughs) Yeah. No, it was, uh, I mean, Man City is definitely, I would still say the better team, obviously, but... (laughs) You think, you think so? <laughs> With their budget that's like 70 times the North City roster. They made some mistakes. No, but uh, like their back line looked a little bit dodgy for the first time in, you know, two years probably. Mm-hmm. Um, North City oh. vanished and then went on the back foot and essentially after that second goal had to hold them up. Um, and there's a lot of like, there's a lot of clean passing. Like they're very calm under pressure, which I think is obviously the way to beat a uh, Pep Guardiola team is mm-hmm. they're going to press you and you have to kind of pass it around and get around the press. The best way to beat a Pep Guardiola team is to play like Pep Guardiola, apparently. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Uh, Manchester City, according to Track, has a uh, 145-million-pound payroll and the, nice. or I guess that's Euro, actually, and the uh, Norwich City has a 13 million uh, no, that is the pound. I'm bad at things. <laughs> anyway, lots of money. Big difference. Ten Convert it. Convert denomination. Whatever. The, they're weird logos. They got, you know, ours is just a, an S with some lines through it. They got stuff. So it's, much zenny. Uh, exactly. But that's a that's a ten time difference uh, between mm. their rosters. It's ju- I mean, there there literally is no equivalent in American sports. Uh, but it's more equivalent to the generals taking down the Globetrotters than it is to any like American league team, you know, American sports league mm. team taking down any other in a given game. Um, and it was, I mean, it wasn't fluky either. I don't think fluky is the right word. No. I think obviously Manchester City was the more talented team, but I think Norwich was the better team in most of the game. Uh, their first goal came off a corner kick, and the coverage just absolutely broke down. Um, McLean scored it on a header, and the defense just didn't know he was there, which Ian should know where the attackers are on a corner kick. Yeah, you yeah. should probably know. Yeah. 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 Um, and the second goal was just gorgeous. I mean, it was just like perfect soccer, beautiful passing and dribbling and uh, escape. And there there wasn't a lot Ederson, the goalkeeper, could do there, but it also seemed like there was more he could do on that one. Well, there's only one team in Pookie, and he's going to get his goal. That's so. right. And uh, and then when Sterling, Sterling had a header hit the post, in late in the first and that's when you start to like sort of feel it you know there's there's that inevitable feeling that Manchester City is just gonna come back because they're so good and Norwich is so tiny and what are you gonna do but then when when the luck starts to break against them uh Aguero missed a really good chance too and it was just like eh and then when they 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 got a goal very late in the first half uh but then Otamendi had a couple of Awful, awful. Real bad. <laughs> um, 
in the second, including the giveaway that led to the third goal and the giveaway that should have led to the third goal shortly before that. And that was the rest of it. And then, as we were talking about earlier, I think the best version of soccer is when a vastly outmatched team and skill level is desperately clinging to a one goal lead and the other team has 80% of the possession and it's just it's the only time soccer feel and not the only time but basically the only time soccer feels frantic and like constant action you know and that was the end the last 20 or so minutes of the game and Man City got uh, a second goal but wasn't able to get the third in Norwich City on their home uh, pitch one in one of the biggest upsets in recent soccer memory I think so, yeah. Thoughts on that? Anyone? Throw it to you, Ian. You haven't said much. Why is there no salary cap? <laughs> is this for another Why half the, hour? Because it is a capitalist dream. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is it is because I think it's more to do with probably the fact that there's no way the small teams could keep up regardless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, unlike Ottawa in the NHL, has $60 million. Mm-hmm. If Norwich had to hit a salary floor, they would not exist. Mm. So I think it probably has a little to do with that. And then the teams that control the power don't want it to be a salary gap, you know, and the players don't want it to be. And you can't they have like rules. Yeah, I'm sure they have right. rules, but in, fi- <laughs> in FIFA, you can't, you couldn't just do it in the Premier League because all the top players would just not play in the Premier League. And that would, you know, they'd just play in Spain or Italy and whatever. So it'd have to be a FIFA top-down thing, and I think it'd be too hard to regulate across okay. leagues and all that. I mean, I never figured it was ever going to possibly happen. Yeah, but I was just curious as to why. Plus, international. Yeah, I think in a league with pro and rel, like the teams that want to make it up are going to spend money just because they need to stay up in the league to mm-hmm. like make money. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's less need for parity when it's exciting because every team is kind of playing for their life at a certain yeah. point. And plus. It's it's such a different system in terms of like a lot of the money you pay for a player goes to the teams when you're paying transfer fees instead of directly to the players. You know, if like if Arsenal has a player that Liverpool really wants and mm-hmm. they can agree on a deal, Liverpool pays Arsenal seventy million dollars just to like get the have, guy. Yeah, That's how yeah. they have a trade. So um, there's so much money flowing in that I just don't think a salary cap makes as much sense. But it does mean that there are very queer haves and have-nots. Mm. And, and there's a middle ground that are more have-nots than haves. But um, yeah, it's it's a weird system. It's very different from American. And, and the MLS is not the same way, obviously. Uh, to a large extent, so which is something we'll talk about in the the two years of time we have until we talk oh, about. We'll it. get there. We'll get there. Uh, Ian, uh, what does playing out the back mean? Well, <laughs> depends on where you're at. Know <laughs> what it sounds like? <laughs> playing out the back. Are you like a defensively minded team? Are you like playing in your own end a lot? It's, I feel like that's close. It's close. It's close. So, like I talked about earlier, the best way to be a team that presses like Man City is to play it out of the back, meaning that you aren't afraid to play back to your goalkeeper or back to your defenders in the back line to then look for passes forward. Um, I bring this up because this is what Greg Berhalter has been trying to do with the U.S. men's national team 
if you look at that video that I posted in the notes and compare what Norwich did to defeat Man City's press versus what U.S. men's national team did to try to get around Mexico's press, it's like night and day with players that probably aren't a whole lot better than what you have on the men's national team. And it's, uh, it's kind of ridiculous to compare the two. Yeah. But basically, yeah, the play on the back is like to beat the press, you just kind of pass it around through your defenders, like looking for the angle to kind of pass it forward. And then you attack on the counterattack because you get that perfect angle going forward. Okay. That makes sense. I feel like U.S. men's national team could take Norwich at least like three out of 10 games, probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to say, but. Yeah, I mean, ideally, the national any national team is going to be better than the club team of like a nominal level, yeah. at least like until you get up to the super teams. But yeah, I mean, we're not taking Man City, but we can no, take absolutely not. <laughs> hopefully Norwich. Yeah, I mean, I think just and I know we're not a, a Premier League podcast, but I think when you look at the balance of power in the Premier League, and there are even amongst the haves as a subgroup of the whole league, <laughs> there's a subgroup of those, which are just Liverpool and Manchester city, which are the presumptive actual contenders for the league title this year. And I think there are two possible outcomes for man city. And the more likely of those is that this, uh, loss is kind of a scared straight moment and it galvanizes the team and uh looks on unst- and they look unstoppable for a few months, like they did at the end of last season. And they, it's just a blip on the radar by the end of the year. But there is a possibility that this is the beginning of the end for them. There's always been rumors that uh, this could be uh, Jose Mourinho's last year in Manchester. He doesn't tend to stay in one place very long, and he might be looking for the next challenge. And um, he didn't seem broken up in the handshake. He seemed very congratulatory to the Norwich manager and, I don't think that. I mean, that doesn't mean anything in and of itself. But there's always the possibility that this is more of a like, hey, Manchester City is actually vulnerable this year. Their core players have aged enough out of their prime that now they have breakdowns, which, you know, would mean great things for Liverpool, which about which I'm not unbiased, uh, <laughs> although they had their own problems today. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. What do you think is more likely of those? Yeah, I think we maybe see them focus more on the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of opposite of last year, Man City is more focused on Champions League since they're kind of playing from behind in the Premier League. So you could see Liverpool winning the Premier League, mm-hmm. maybe, and Man City winning the Champions League. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I really don't think the four is possible. What do they call that? The quad? Do they, I know the Brits have some weird term for it, but that would be the uh, Champions League, the Premier League title, the FA Cup, and what's the fourth one? Is it just the... I think it's more of a trouble, so I don't think they really care. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know why I was making it for. Trouble's the word I was looking for. I'm not yeah. smart tonight, guys. I'll get better. That's a I weird promise. English word. Trouble, yeah. A language so you don't speak. It would be those three. and I mean, is it possible? Sure, but I don't think it's likely with as good as Liverpool is this year and even... Man United and uh, some of those other teams. Um, Otamendi was a disaster in this game. Just absolutely bad. And you, if he is then in just a bad run of form and stays bad, that could be really b- problematic for Man City. And if he uh, straightens up, that'll be a different story. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's my take on Man City Norwich. Justin, do you have anything to add? Uh, no, that's that's about all I need to say about about those two. Um, but there is, you know, speaking of 
back lines that just have a disasterful game. Um, can we talk about Arsenal? I've been dying to talk about Arsenal this year. Uh, David Luiz, a.k.a. Sideshow Bob, uh, is essentially a walking disaster as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah. His hair, what are your thoughts on, on Arsenal's display? His hair has been a walking disaster since 2000. Eight or Something nine died upon his head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Arsenal, I mean, listen, Arsenal has just, they are in the haves and the have nots groups. You know, theoretically, they're in the haves. But since Stan Kroenke took over that team, <sighs> that's just, it's just bad. And a top tier team should not be, here are their last five results. They beat Newcastle. They beat Burnley by one goal, both of those by one goal. Liverpool handled them pretty easily, three to one. They drew with Tottenham, and then they drew with Watford, which should not be what a top <laughs> top-tier team does. Goes. I texted you guys halfway through because they like dominated the first half. I'm like, Watford is just terrible. Mm-hmm. What is happening? And then slowly but surely that the second half did not go how I expected it to go. Yeah, and they're just, I mean, to me, the Gunners are largely irrelevant until... I don't we want should to just relegate them, relegate yeah. them to the championship. I say get rid of them entirely. Exactly. Uh, Ian, real quick, where do Watford play? Ooh. Mm. Outside. That of is true. London. The uh, big swath of England. Technically, you're largely correct. They are outside of London. Technically, largely. But that is a very big... Uh, <laughs> they're playing a town called Watford, so you could have started I was going to say that. Uh, um, let's, let's, are they like in the St. Charles Yeah, basically. I think it's on the other side. Now, let me ask you this question. This is Watford's logo. Yeah, I've seen that. With with the moose on it. (laughs) So what do you think their nickname is? Uh, Like like the the Bluggers. You know, one of those, one of those, almost Harry Potter. That's I can't say the name. Trademark. Oh, oh, it's Stephen. No, we have to pay for that. <laughs> oh, that's true. that's true. I'll delete it later. Uh, Watford are the Hornets, obviously. Ah, uh, of course, of course. Well, at least the, well, at least a the moose colors on their kind thing. of. Yeah, like no, that. no, no. It sort of makes sense. But I like their logo. I don't know why there's a moose. There. It always did kind of look like a weird Harry Potter thing. Like that's the fifth house. Yeah. It's like, the Watford Moose people. Also, when I control F Moose in the Watford Wikipedia oh, God, article, show. No, nothing, none, nothing, none, not a word. Wow, nobody thinks this is worth explaining. Explain, so, explain that uh, one again. What <laughs> Wikipedia is for? <laughs> it's not going it's to explaining. do. Uh, yeah, exactly. Okay, fine. So you know, we're good. We're good. Uh, okay, it, okay, okay. It is a suggested uh, Google result. Watford's nickname is the Hornets. The nickname was chosen by the club's supporters because they play in yellow and black. So, Ian, you're right. A hornet is a type of large wasp. There used to be a hornet on the club badge, but it was replaced by a heart, which is an old-fashioned word for stag, which is a male deer. That does not explain why there's a moose on the goddamn logo. A moose <laughs> is actually a heart, a male deer, which represents the heart part of Hertfordshire, says Tim Beasley from Berkhamstead Hertz. Cool. Thanks, what about the, the Guardian.com. No, the moose is the 
heart, which represents the heart in Hertfordshire, which is the county that Watford uh, is in. So this is confused. bloody they ridiculous. That, that's a male. Relegate Watford and Arsenal this year, I say. This, this game, the Sun Bolt down. Oh, my I God. I do like that in this league we can just call for relegation. Though. Yeah. I greatly <laughs> enjoy relegate them. Oh, boy. Yeah, so that's that's your that's your sub-lesson on the Watford badge and nickname. Uh, I thought you were about to call them the Badgers, and I was like, no. <laughs> I refuse to believe there's so another great. name. I refuse to believe they are also the Badgers. Um, no, they're just the Hornets and the Mooses and Watford FC. Okay. Uh, Arsenal has Untracht Frankfurt on the agenda later this week, uh, followed by Aston Villa FC. Aston Villa has a lion on their logo. What do you think they're called? God, the Villas. <laughs> you don't think it's the Lions? I, is it the Lions? No, no, Jesus. of course not. Uh, what are they called? Do they actually even have a nickname? I don't even think they, they have don't. a nickname. Never mind. I was, oh, they're the villains. You're right, actually. You were correct. Yeah, yeah, the nice shot. Way to go. Well done. Well done. What is the logo and, even for? And they're also nicknamed the Lions. So, uh, you know, I was wrong on all counts. So, Aston Villa, Nottingham Forest in the Football League Cup, and then uh, they will be resoundingly smashed by Manchester United. On Monday, the 30th of September. Wouldn't be entirely sure of that anymore. This yeah. <laughs> <laughs> arsenal's pretty bad. Um, Justin, why don't you paint a picture of us, a beautiful flowing picture with many colors of the MOS playoff situation as the playoffs are yeah, so fast speaking of, approaching. Speaking of relegating teams, let's go to a league where you can't relegate anyone. Right. Uh, <laughs> Much as Cincinnati might deserve it. Yeah, they, they, should, they should just not exist anymore. Um, okay, see it. So we have a couple weeks left of MLS play, which means that the playoffs are right around the corner. Another foreign concept to European yeah, soccer. Playoffs, another thing that doesn't happen in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but with that being said, I think from my perspective, the uh, standings are pretty close. There might be one or two teams that can get in from this point. Um, but just to kind of run you through, I thought we'd run through the results a bit and then, you know, maybe give our thoughts from there. Um, okay, so over this weekend, New York City FC kind of secured their top spot in the East by beating San Jose and ensuring at least one playoff game at Yankee Stadium, which is fantastic. Lord. Side note to that, if NYCFC make it to the final and the Yankees also make it to the ALDS or the ALCS, um, one of those games, the NYCFC game will have to be moved to a different location, which... I'm rooting for it. Hilarious. For like I thought maybe chaos. they'd just disband the team. <laughs> <laughs> MLB has that much power. That would be the first time New York Yankees and Brian Cashman would even realize that NYCFC exists. Just disband them, please. Get away a, from me. Doing here? There's been a soccer team the whole time. And they've been playing in our stadium? Yeah. I don't remember that. I did wonder why those weird lines were always on the field, but I thought those were just alien signals. <laughs> So that'll just be great because NYCFC has been around for six years now and, and every other team is going to have a soccer-specific stadium before they do. Delicious. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Thank you for being overcrowded, Manhattan. <laughs> um, the Chicago Fire help out the Western Conference by beating Dallas 4 to nothing. The Chicago Fire get that new ownership bump um, that we all know about. They were bought out this week by somebody whose name I didn't write down. Um <laughs> 
I'll Google. I'll Google. You keep. It'll probably good because that means that they're going to move back into Chicago, out from Bridgeview, which, as you guys, I'm sure you know, is in the outskirts of Chicago. Joe Mansueto. Oh, there we go. Mansueto. So, uh, he was like minority owner, bought in last year, and is now the controlling owner because he bought out the rest of it for you- uh, a ton of money. Do you think he has perspiration problems with a name like Mansueto? Oh, probably. I'd like to believe he does. Almost certainly. So, yeah, so they beat Dallas for nothing, pretty much knocking Dallas out of a playoff spot. Um, Chicago have been pretty terrible, but the like, underlying metrics have said that they're most likely better than they should be. Um, so I can see I that like how, at this point. Sorry. I do like how the metrics in soccer are the same as the metrics in hockey. I do like yeah, that. Yeah. Easy help. to move. Does, yeah. does, hockey have, does soccer have a Corsi 4 percentage? <laughs> no, there is a points flow I, system that's, oh, that's essential, oh, nice. essentially Corsi. I so. suppose in soccer you just actually measure possession. Too. I, was yeah. about to say, <laughs> I think it seems a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so the underlying metrics have said that Chicago should be like one of the better teams in the East and they're not in a playoff team right now. However, they've looked really good. So that would be my team if I'm to pick a non-playoff team that would make it. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it would be Chicago. Uh, Montreal, you know, uh, the French-speaking portion of the MLS standings lose to FC Cincinnati, which should mean that they should be relegated, but instead they uh, are out of the playoffs. Relegate everyone. That's my <laughs> Relegate FC Cincinnati. I want us to be de facto MLS champions our first year in the league because everyone else is in the USL. Yeah, and that's the way to go. Um, Moving on, Atlanta probably finished behind Philly and NYC since they lost to Columbus. So both the Ohio teams who have been terrible this year pulled off upsets this week, um, which means that Atlanta should also be relegated. So keep that tally going. Uh, Orlando needed to win really badly. Your team, Steven, your team, the Orlando city, uh, whatever. And new England both needed to win. So of course they tied three to three. They, also, they also have a lion on their logo. So I'm going to assume they're the solar bear. <laughs> <laughs> they maybe, maybe that's the way to go. Uh, Philly tied LAFC. LAFC did not look sharp, but this is Carlos Vela's first game back after getting hurt in the galaxy game a few weeks back. Uh, but the Union are pretty good, um, and they're probably my team to watch out for in the playoffs. I think they get underrated a lot, despite having like a really dynamic attack. They can pretty much score through anyone. Like They don't rely on one person mm-hmm. in particular, um, and their advanced stats as well put them kind of top of the league. So they're the team that people will probably count out that I would want to kind of go far. Look at you being so smart. Ian, what does LAFC stand for? Los Angeles Football Club. He did it. Okay. <laughs> I was afraid. That seemed mm, too like easy. I don't know about that. They also have Hawks that they, for some reason, a Hawk is their logo and they fly Hawks before every game. Oh, so that they do deploy Hawks. Mm, yeah. Battle Hawks, perhaps? <laughs> Never. <laughs> Trademark. And done. Uh, okay, so in the meaningless game of the weekend, Vancouver beat Houston in teams that no one cares about. Uh, Ian, real quick, who are the mascots for Houston and Vancouver? Uh, oh, uh, wait, for Vancouver? Not the mascots, but the team It's the Whitecaps. Okay. Vancouver's the Whitecaps. Houston Dynamo. Hey, he's on it, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Keep talking, Justin. Fuck the I Coop. threw my headphones out. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> uh, DC United beat Portland at home. Portland have not been very good at home in 2019 for 
reasons. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Don. Were they distracted? There, uh, some things have been happening. <laughs> and That's probably how he would describe it, too. <laughs> <laughs> things happened. And both sides. Uh, both sides. I'm from both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there have been some unrest from the fans in Portland, and it has, I, obviously, they're probably not correlated at all, but uh, Portland have not been very good at home at the same time that the Portland supporters group have been at odds with MLS. So it's been kind of interesting to watch because usually Portland is kind of unstoppable at home. Yeah, that whole situation is just bizarre. That's yeah, my best what? rap on it. <laughs> their whole political snafu, if you will. It's like a, it's a case of like how not to deal with something. Yeah. And it's the, like the Streisand effect, where if you want something to go away, not saying that it should, but if you want something to go away, you just probably leave it alone, mm-hmm. um, let it happen. But the fact that they're like pointing out to it and saying they can't do this to a bunch of people who are fanatics about something is probably not the way to deal with it. It's almost like all league commissioners are garbage at their job. Yeah. So well, everyone's appointed to be like the talking head, essentially. Mm-hmm. So. Like, you know, Garber is doing the owner's bidding, basically. So he's there to appease them. So obviously he's not going to be someone that the fans can look to and be like, oh, you're on our side when if he wasn't that he would be fired. Um, like same with that then, same with every commissioner ever. I think people forget that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they don't have really enviable jobs, I don't think. <laughs> no, everyone hates them. Ian, what league would you most rather be commissioner of? Um, badminton. <laughs> I had the word badminton in my head. Too. I very weird. Would be a iron fist and a velvet glove. <laughs> yeah, well, we all know you're holding, a big fan. Holding of a, the BLS. You'd be an iron fist and a velvet glove holding a shuttlecock. Yeah, holding a shuttlecock <laughs> that's made of bone. <laughs> Not very aerodynamic, but. <laughs> It doesn't matter. Get the point across. <laughs> it sure does. Justin, why don't we continue before we get censored by the FCC? <laughs> and the MLS. Uh, Toronto continue to go on a run to beat Colorado, so they're setting themselves up to be a pretty dangerous team to play in the MLS playoffs. Michael Bradley's um, still there. Is he still with Toronto? Yeah, so him and Josie are both very good for Toronto still. Um, and good. definitely getting overlooked because everyone forgets that MLS has Canada teams sometimes, so not unlike the NBA in that sort of way. Mm. NBA <laughs> champs. Uh, <laughs> so Minnesota handle Real Salt Lake three to one and secure a top three finish out of a team that is usually very boring to watch, but have actually found people who can score lately. So it's been fun. Uh, Seattle beats Red Bull New York who appear to be completely fried and are still in a playoff spot. So that should mean an easy out for somebody because they had like a really good start to the year and have just turned on their coach and have like not put up a result in a long time. While the other Red Bull teams are doing really well, Red Bull New York is not. That's good. That's good. RB Leipzig is holding on though. Yeah. (laughs) What? Good. It's all about Leipzig for me. I've always said that. It's all about RB Leipzig. Ian, what are all of the Red Bull teams? If if you could put <laughs> <laughs> just name World Cities at random. What? <laughs> yeah. 
Dude. What other teams do, like, in soccer? Yeah, we're just yeah. asking you to name the teams that are called the Red Bulls throughout planet Earth. <laughs> there are four of them? Uh-huh, and we've given you two, so you just have to remember the two we've I own you, That you just said, and because I only remember one. Okay, well, what is that one? The, the MLS team. Which is? The New York City Red Bulls, or New York Not Red Bulls. Even, yeah, there you New go. New York Red Bulls. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a state. The other three are soccer I teams? I literally just said one. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were talking about the first, the one I said. Would it help you to know that there's a Z in two of the other three? <laughs> Zurich. No, but you're close. You're very warm. To, to Zurich? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What are other country cities with an, a Z in the region? Hmm. This is this is not going well. <laughs> Think about perhaps an Austrian city with perhaps. a Z in the name. Are you also not great at geography? <laughs> Why don't you tell me before I embarrass uh, myself this is, further? I, I should have done this. <laughs> no, 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 no. We don't have any more torture coming up for you. So my my answers now. get slipperier. That would be FC Red Bull Salzburg. The other one that I just mentioned was uh, RB Leipzig. Oh, see. Former home. I thought um, that was the name of a person. <laughs> <laughs> I, brain, I blame Brandon Leipzig for that. Uh, well, there you go. Uh, yeah. there you go. Drop the team in Brazil. Uh, uh, yeah, RB Brazil. But they're all soccer teams. Yeah. All yeah. owned by Red Bull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Red Bull yeah. has a lot of money. Red Bull, I say, well, but Red Bull can't penetrate. The British Premier League. <laughs> what was that? They can't penetrate. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> yeah, they can't penetrate. Oh, okay. I just figured <laughs> with that money, they could like consolidate it into like we got <laughs> a Premier League team. Anyways, no, apparently, apparently not for them. I Maybe this is a better no. use of. They only take Saudi oil money. They don't take energy drink money in the Premier League. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they need to invest in some of that Saudi oil money. Then. <laughs> Liverpool uh, budding star Navi Keita came from RB Leitzburg by way of RB Salzburg and is now of their uh, players from Africa, the one without a receding hairline. So ah, actually, yes. I'm, I'm not convinced that that's true, but it's not as bad as mine. The African <laughs> country without a receding hairline? Yeah, the only African country, country without a receding hairline. Guinea, you know. Mm. Um, good quiz. Good impromptu quiz, Justin. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, so so I guess we should finish up the MLS results. Uh, Sporting KZ got slat-timed. By Zlatan Ibrahimovic and others, seven to two is a really bad game, uh, and are definitely out of the playoffs for the first time since they rebranded to Sporting KC. Um, speaking of Zlatan, Stephen, is MLS mm. a retirement league? Ah, uh, yes, for oh. many players. <laughs> before we get into that, Ian, could you name the four Red Bulls? <laughs> because I feel like probably you can. <laughs> no, there's one in Brazil. I think is what Justin said. Uh huh. And do you there's, remember? There's Arby's Leipzig. <laughs> there's probably an Arby's in Leipzig. You're correct. Mm. There's also Arby Leipzig. Mm. Uh huh. And then there's the other one. 
<laughs> well, there's Other two. Other than the New York okay. Red Bulls. Okay, and you've forgotten Salzburg. Yeah. <laughs> very good, very good. You know, you only forgot one in 30 Salzburg. Building the knowledge base. <laughs> so, yeah, let's talk about this perception of the um, MOS as a retirement league. So, Major League Soccer decided many years ago that one of the ways that it would grow its brand internationally and its respect in the United States would be uh, by introducing a designated player policy, which we'll have Justin explain to you further in a little bit. But basically, the uh, short version of this story is let's bring stars over from uh, the international game, which would otherwise probably be a violation of our salary restrictions, and have them play out the <laughs> less less exciting years of their career in MLS uniforms. And uh, we thought to introduce this concept, Ian, the best way oh, would no. be to torture you further uh, by asking you which of these 10 players uh, were imported to MLS at any point. So these the it's simply a yes or no question. We're going to start very easy. I don't easy. think it'll be that simple. Uh, and uh, you're just going to tell us if this player was imported from Europe or elsewhere internationally to the MLS for a period of time and had an MLS career. Okay? Does that seem simple? Yeah. What's your okay. goal for this quiz? I think it's easy. I think you should say a seven or an eight. What? Wow, okay. You asked me, and now you're just you're no, but you, you go, bad, badgering the You witness. go ahead and set your low standard. Go for it. Four. Okay, well, that's preposterously low and really not doesn't show a lot of self-respect for you. But uh, Badgering the witness. <laughs> hostile. Hostile witness. Ian, we're going to start you very easy. This is almost a freebie. Oh, Did... David Beckham ever play in Major League Soccer? Yes. Very good. Do you know good for good whom good. he played? The LA Galaxy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. We're I am the target audience of that acquisition. To, <laughs> exactly. We are out to a rip-roaring start. David Beckham is arguably the most famous, uh, at least of, I would say, in the non-soccer world, uh, in, me. in the press world, the media world, of the MLS imports. He came to Los Angeles Galaxy in 2007. Uh, it was a paradigm-shifting moment for the league because this was this huge international soccer superstar that was now willing to play out his career in MLS. Uh, but he was, before that, most famous for his 265 appearances at Manchester United, his marriage to Posh Spice. Correct. I meant to oh, double-check yeah. that. That's the right one. And his devastating good looks. He was a runner-up to Rivaldo for the Ballon d'Or in 1999. Ian, what is the Ballon d'Or? I'd like to say is Rivaldo. Yeah. Sounds like the Ravioli. Main... No, it sounds like Mario to Wario is Ronaldo <laughs> to Rivaldo. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's essentially it. <laughs> they are both Brazilian soccer players, and one wore green and one wore red, probably. So you're probably right. Okay. Now, stop dodging the question and tell us what the Ballon d'Or is. It's not hard. Go <laughs> <laughs> back, back to the quiz where you said I get, I do well. <laughs> this is the quiz where you do well. Uh, I've, I've inserted part. some language. Uh, what is, say it one more time. Ballon d'Or. <laughs> There's a little apostrophe between it's, the D and the O. It's the one I don't want to open. <laughs> the, you don't, you want the, the red door, the blue door, but not, not the, the Ballon d'Or. 
good. You're getting it. Uh, Belondor Ian is the football journalist vote for the best player in world soccer. Oh. It, it is the most prestigious individual in world soccer. It's in like FIFA. anyone in. Oh, okay. yeah, any player in the world. So oh, wow. an MLS player will never win. Oh, yeah, okay. I've understood. Uh, at least not for many, 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 many years. Uh, shall we proceed to number two? Ian David Villa. David Villa. Has David Villa ever played in MLS? Justin, do you feel comfortable with my pronunciation of that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. As, as opposed to David Villa. Yeah. Yes. But spelled like David Villa. He has. That is correct. He has uh, David, uh, David Villa, David Villa, Villa, I can't speak now, is a Spanish legend who played for Zaragoza, Valencia, Barcelona, and Atletico in what city is Atletico in? Very famous Spanish city that I haven't already named. Um, the one that's not Barcelona. Thank you. Right? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but Real Madrid is already in Madrid, so it's not Madrid, obviously. Mm-hmm. So what city is it in? It's neither of those two? <laughs> I'm asking you. I don't know. Though. It's in Madrid. Of course it's in Madrid. Why, <laughs> you just said it wasn't why would in you assume that there wouldn't be two soccer teams, football teams, uh, in an international city? And you just got Dottie and you just got <laughs> <laughs> David Villa became the first official player for New York City FC prior to its 2015 inaugural season. There, he scored 80 goals and 124 appearances before moving on to Vizel Kobe in the Hyogo Prefecture in mm. Ian's home country of Japan. Have you ever been in the Hyogo Prefecture, Ian? Um, probably not. Mm, very disappointing. Uh, how sad is it that Japan is the retirement league for the retirement Oh, really? Yes. I mean, that's where you go there. You go to China and Saudi Arabia where the soccer's real bad, but the money's great. And that's how you do it. Are you ready for number three? Number three, yes. Okay. Number three, this player's name is Corey Lewandowski. Has Corey... (laughs) Why are your eyes narrowing? That's not foreign. Corey Lewandowski, has he played in MLS? He has. Very good. You've fallen into my trap. Corey Lewandowski, better known as Corey Lewandowski, is a former former (laughs) campaign advisor to President Trump and spent most of his day in Congress and testifying and has, to my knowledge, never played soccer professionally. Hold on. I'm closing the computer. Hold on. You didn't say these could just be any people. That's a protest. That's a protest. This could just be anyone. (laughs) Of course, I've heard these random ass names. Oh, God. Oh, he's the only non soccer player on this. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) He's included because today I had him confused with Robert Lewandowski. That's right. Corey Lewandowski (laughs) is no known relation to Robert Lewandowski, the Polish striker for Bayern Munich. And I was wondering why Robert Lewandowski, the Polish striker, was being called upon Congress to testify. (laughs) (laughs) It's very confusing for Justin. (laughs) 
Ian is not pleased. He's not thrilled. Uh, but I am because he fell right into the trap I laid for him. Ian, see, he has the exact same last name as a very famous soccer Get player. the number four. <laughs> okay. Okay. We just had Corey Lewandowski. How about Chris Wondolowski? <laughs> has he ever played? No. That is no. technically correct. Well, he is not a foreign there. import because he's an American-born player in Major League Soccer. And so has you are, never left. You are right. He's never played outside the States. He's very good in MLS and not very good anywhere else. He has played with the San Jose Earthquakes and in uh, has played there in 315 appearances since 2009. I wrote 2019 on these notes, which would be very impressive. <laughs> uh, he is the all-time MLS leading goal scorer. Ian, what is this player's name? <laughs> the one we were just talking about? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I've done this to you like three times yeah. tonight. You still are You got to listen, Ian. It's very important. Waco is best known for his miss in 2014 that would have sealed the U.S.'s move to the next round of the World Cup. But he he screwed it up. Multiple times this evening across different podcasts, you have said one thing (laughs) and then done another. Take him to task, Ian. Take him to task. Mm, I'm I'm getting beat up now. Ian, number five. Are you ready for number five? You, so far, have three of four correct, so these, I don't even these see... These were going to be yes I or don't no. Even see, you've said yes or no, and, then other and questions I've given have been you posed. proper credit. Ian, Ian, let's lower <laughs> the temperature and give you a very easy... This is not what you asked me for. This is what you wanted. Yes or no, Bradley Wright Phillips. Is Bradley Wright Phillips is it a hyphen. foreign import? Yes. To America. No. Why would you answer that? I don't know. Oh, if he's... Oh, if... No, so, he's not. He's not. He's not. He's not. He certainly is. Bradley he Wright from? Phillips, along with, we'll get there, <laughs> along with Wondolowski, Taylor Twelman, and Jeff Cunningham, are the only multiple-time MLS Golden Boot winners. I believe Bradley Wright Phillips originally hails from England, uh, having played for uh, Charlton Athletic most recently uh, and Brantford on loan before traveling to the New York Red Bulls, where he's played since 2013. Not the Salzburg Red Bulls? No, didn't play for the Salzburg Red Bulls. Ian, I mentioned the MLS Golden Boot. Would you care to... This is not yes or no. <laughs> is the MLS Golden Boot no, not prepared. a trophy they give to the MLS player with the smallest foot? No. <laughs> there, that's a yes or no question. Would you like to illuminate us what it is? It's the guy who scores the most goals. All right. You got it. You did it. Well done. I'm so um, is it is it just goals? It is just goals, right, yeah. Justin? Not goals and points. Okay, you're on a roll. Not super. You're goals. on a roll. I mean, you've missed the last two, <laughs> but you are. Or no, you've what? missed. I missed. You've one. missed two of the last three. Yeah. You missed two of the last three, but you're on a roll, relatively speaking. You only need one more to hit your paltry and pathetic total. So I will give you number six, Thierry Henry. Has Thierry Henry been an MOS import to the United States? 
No. Oh, jeezy, and this was a gimme. Thierry Henry is a very famous international soccer player and has played in MOS. Do you want to? Do you care to venture for where? Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about them a lot tonight. You want to try <laughs> again? Their team. One of four of similar That's names. The New York Red Bulls. There you go. A lot. <laughs> Thierry Henry played 254 games with Arsenal pre Cronky, scoring 174 goals before moving on to the 35 goals in 80 games with Barcelona before becoming one of the early incredible imports to MOS. He joined the uh, New York Red Bulls from 2010 to 2014 and scored 51 goals in 122 appearances. He is a one time World Cup winner. A two-time Ballon d'Or runner-up to Pavel Nedved in 2003 and to Fabio Cannavaro and Gianluigi Buffon in 2006. And he has a record for Premier League Golden Boots. That's the same as the MLS Golden Boot, just for bigger league. <laughs> Ian is looking at me with fury in his eyes. Uh, this one... You'll know the name. You will know this player. I know lots of names. <laughs> I know all the names. I know all the best names. My only regret, Justin, is that you're not in this room with us <laughs> to see just the disgust on Ian's face. You're you're three for three so far. It's not need to be there. As I'm not three you're three for three. For three and three. You're three for six. You're right. It's a very it's a great batting average. It's terrible for a test grade. But here we go. Here's number seven, Wayne Rooney. As he, yes, that is correct. Wayne Rooney yeah. currently plays for DC United, uh, and he is the record goal scorer for both Manchester United and the English national team. And he's won all of the awards except the Ballon d'Or, and it made his much anticipated debut for DC United in 2018. Justin, how do you feel about Wayne Rooney and MLS? I like Wayne Rooney, I like Wayne Rooney and MLS. I'm sad that he's already decided to. F off back to Derby, but yeah, what a future. <laughs> um, at least it's not Everton, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <sighs> Ian, number eight, Sebastian Javinko. Sebastian, <laughs> his eyes got very wide. <laughs> you've, al- you've already hit four. There's, there's. Yes, he has. That's correct. Yeah. That is correct. This is five. This is unprecedented levels of success. Wow. Sebastian Javinko debuted with Toronto FC in 2015 after 194 underwhelming appearances between Juventus, Empoli, and Parma in what country, Ian? Juventus. Don't focus on that one. I strongly recommend focusing on the other <laughs> two. What were the other Empoli two? and Parma. Italy. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you can't sneak a chicken parm past me. <laughs> ah, Javinko arguably revolutionized MLS in his first season, not playing for the revolution, though. He became the first MLS player to lead the league in both goals and assists in the same season and won the MLS MVP and Golden Boots Awards, and he's now playing internationally again. Isn't that right, Justin? He's not He's not with Toronto, so he moved somewhere. I'm he moved to new... Oh, he just played today. Um, some team in the Champions League. I forget which team. But. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. Uh, J- this is a fun fact. Javinko, as well as uh, Andrea Pirlo, 
were shockingly snubbed from the 2016 Italy Euro team by manager Antonio Conte, whose Taylor Ian or Justin is still presumably hanging out with. Yeah, uh, no, we're, we're having a good time. <laughs> uh, Conte had managed. At Javinko at Juventus back when he was arguably worse. And Conti at the time said, when you make a certain choice and go to play in certain leagues, uh, you do so taking into account that they could pay the consequences from a footballing viewpoint. He said that with all the enthusiasm of like a Southern Senator defending Jim Crow in 1972. <laughs> That's how he felt about the MLS. <laughs> we don't want those people on our team. What a that was uh, uh, that Owen's was, wrong, by the way. He did not play in the Champions League today. He has transferred to the Saudi League of Al Halal Riyadh. Ah, yeah. so money, he's, money again. He done. He done. Um, yeah. So at the time, Ian, you may not remember this, but that was huge news because Javinko was tearing up MLS, and people were like, "How could you not include him?" And Conti was a dick, and that was the reason. Yeah. So thoughts on that? Thoughts on Sebastian Javinko? Oh, he's really good. Um, looking at his transfer market, his max max market value was twenty three point nine four million with Juventus, and then uh, nine million when he moved to Toronto, and then it went up. So he his quality of play went up when he went to Toronto from what it had been. Very and nice. That's... I like that. Okay, you ready for number nine? Sebastian Javinko. We move on to Sebastian Maniscalco. Sebastian Maniscalco. No. Excuse the answer is me. No. Who is Sebastian Maniscalco? Some not soccer player. <laughs> That's correct. Sebastian <laughs> Maniscalco is a very loud comedian on Netflix from Arlington Heights, Illinois, whom I'm sure some people enjoy. <laughs> not not a fan of the non-soccer players. You got it right. How are you mad? Six. You're at six. six. It's a serious oh, number. Oh, man. Are you at your seven now? Oh, we're going to find out. Are you ready for number ten? The name is simply Kaka. Has Kaka <laughs> played in MLS as an international import? <laughs> this tension is surreal. I can yes. feel it. I can that feel it. That is correct. He got it. He got it, ladies and gentlemen. That was a yes answer. Kaka. Who is Justin Horniker's identical twin? Joined Orlando City FC as their first official player in January of 2015. He is one of just eight players in world history to have won the FIFA World Cup, the UEFA Champions League, and the Ballon d'Or, and is the only Ballon d'Or winner in MLS history. And also, as I mentioned, we've never seen Kaka and Justin in the same room. Justin, I demand you make a mock-up to tweet out to the people. It's the the resemblance i would say is bordering on eerie it, it uh it is a little bit unsettling it's a little yeah. bit it's it's uncanny it's 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 disturbing in seven out of ten my friend very good very good see last quiz was a three-part answer mm. so it wasn't just a coin flip this time you flipped the coins and you did so well very good i'm, I'm very proud of you justin are you proud of ian I'm very proud. Honestly, Ian, I was doubting. I didn't know you'd do this good, but uh, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of the progress you made since our last podcast. I think next time, 9 or 10 out of 10 is only fair. No, 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 no. no, Only fair. Only fair. Okay. I'm accepting this Oscar with a big no, 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 no. no, 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 no. (laughs) 
<laughs> and now for his part. I mean, I only would. Please stop calling me. I made a mistake. The winner is Ian Peters for Beloved. Oh, no, 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 no. So they get up and they walk the other way down the aisle. <laughs> okay, so uh, those are some of the great players to play in MOS throughout its history. MOS is still speckled and speckled with some of these players. Wayne Rooney, uh, probably the most notable for the moment, although he's on his way back to his homeland, as Justin alluded to. Um, Ian, what do you think about the idea of importing foreign players? It probably helps, or it should help yeah. the MLS. Yeah. I mean, help. And honestly, in general, I think it should help because I've, I've heard of those players internationally, at least one or two of them, you know, and it's like, okay, so that draws me into thinking, oh, even if it's just the passing thought of, oh, I wonder why they're in the MLS, it generates a thought of me being like, well, let me check out the MLS for, you know, for these reasons. And um, I don't know, even if it is like kind of seen as a retirement league thing, it is a retirement league for these guys. I still think it helps with the brand of the MLS mm-hmm. and especially in a country where like they just it just needs to grab a hold of people's attention yeah. it doesn't need to. Not that the not that these are for the wrong reasons, but it doesn't have to be for like, oh, this is you know an amazing league with all the best players in it. If it can just grab you at any point and then they can keep you in because you're interested in the product, mm-hmm. um, I think it's a, a a good idea for them to do. Well, and I think generally speaking, the nice thing about it, and you you can correct me, Justin, because you'll have a better three dimensional perspective of of MOS. But it doesn't feel like a lot of these players have come over to screw around basically i mean david via called the opportunity to play for nycfc as like an incredible opportunity that he couldn't pass up sort of thing and then he came over and played an incredible mls career of three or four seasons so i mean some of these obviously the guys are just from an a miles better league so they don't have mm-hmm. to try as hard to dominate but there haven't been a lot of these guys who have come over and treated MLS as a joke which I think is really important for the league and one of the reasons we're talking about this now and Justin I'll let you discuss it then is uh, the hot scuttlebutt which would be I mean just earth shattering if it happened in terms of, of, the, of the paradigm shift uh, is that David Beckham, the first from our quiz, one of, one of your correct answers, uh, who is now involved in the ownership of the Miami group, uh, is actively recruiting Lionel Messi, Lionel Messi, to come over and play for Miami, which I think, not overstating it, would be probably the biggest thing to ever happen to MLS in some ways, because that's maybe the greatest soccer player ever and certainly the greatest Mm -hmm. alive right now. And even though, yes, he's approaching his retirement years, he's not done. I don't know. Justin, what do you think about those rumors? Yeah, I mean, Messi is, like, still, and still by far, I think he's better than, obviously, better than Ronaldo. But um, a player like him is going to have, if he can come down with us, he's still going to dominate for a long time. Like, Tier Henry I mean, it came might over. break the league. Yeah. <laughs> it might yeah, break MLS, but <laughs> sorry, go on. No, I was saying like Tier Henry came over in his like mid thirties and was able to have like a second career over here because he's just that quality of a player. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, like made a name for himself. Um, I think a lot of people are starting to see like the U.S. in general as a way to kind of like 
expand their marketing and their brand. Um, so that's why I always thought that like players, especially players like Cristiano Ronaldo would probably come over eventually, mm-hmm. but um, having teams in Miami and LAFC that are like these big, big market cities, yeah. you can like sell a lifestyle. That's the like, thing. That's the thing. It's like, if even though the soccer is not internationally super well-respected us america itself is appealing to a lot of these people and like you said especially those big uh, you know metropolitan markets like miami la new york chicago to a lesser extent those are huge cities that even you know spanish and brazilian and those kinds of superstars want to come play in argentinian argentinian in the case of messi um so, yeah, I mean, I think for the league, obviously having the best player in the world come before he's even really off of his peak would be spectacular. And uh, he obviously is older and soccer is cruel and you can hit the wall very fast, but that would be a great way to extend his career too. Uh, Justin, do you want to talk a little bit about what a designated player is and how it works or how uh, the fantasy land makes it work? <laughs> yeah. And we kind of got into it a little bit, but essentially it was put into place because David Beckham wanted to come play in LA and they're like, well, we don't have the salary cap for that, but we'll make an exception for you, David. And they put into place that our team would get like one designated player that they could go above the salary cap to sign. Um, it's evolved from that, that now player teams have two designated player slots and one young designated player slot, which kind of helps in the terms of like building the league and that they can have two players who are established and one player that is more of a younger player, usually from South America. Um, but they only count as a max contract against the cap um, of actual salary. Now there's total allocation money and generally allocation money known as TAM and GAM, um, also known as, lovingly as Garber Bucks that you can use to buy down, even then buy down a player's salary as far as what it counts towards the cap. So you can still have more than three designated players that are technically designated players, but you can buy down their contract where it's under the mark that would be a designated player. It's all made up. The rules are made up. Um, but in the case of like a final Messi one to come over, say it was like 2023 or whatever, um, and Miami had already bought their designated players, they're at the salary cap, MLS would absolutely design something to make sure that he was able to get to Miami because you'd without the do with Beckham, you're not going to turn down a player like Lionel Messi, who is definitely the best in the world still. And will probably still be for the next couple of years. Um, because of that, however, there is a definite perception and a definite reality that defense in the MLS is not as good um, compared to the rest of the world. Even if the attacking options are starting to get there. Um, Because teams are incentivized to spend these slots on big-name players who will make an impact on the offensive side versus the defensive side. So if you're going to choose the designated player, are you going to go after Giorgino Cellini or are you going to go after Wayne Rooney, who will make more of an impact? Yeah. Um, You kind of look at that, look at teams like Philly right now is a team that has used all their DP slots but have used it in kind of like buying not the big-name players but maybe that next level. Um, and have have a really good youth academy and have been like selling off when the youth come up, they sell their youth players off to Europe so that they can go get experience and then use the allocation money that they get from the sale to use on bringing other people's in, other players in, keeping players under the cap 
Um, I think that's kind of the future of what the MLS will look like until it gets to the point where the salary cap's at a level where you can just kind of be challenging for a top 15, top 10 league spot. But that's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's it's important. It's Is it a retirement league? Yes. Is that necessarily a bad thing? No, I think. Because you have to be realistic about what MOS is right now, and it's, it's growing, I would say, in international respect. But 2016, when Conti said those things about Javinko, is not that long ago, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's still got a, a huge hill to climb. And... Only players like Messi and those kinds of people can change that with the other the other possible path being the men's national team growing to such a point that it's internationally competitive and those players are playing in the U.S. And obviously we're not there yet either, as we talked about at the opening of yeah. the show. <laughs> so we want to get to the point where like Josh Sargent can start playing in the MLS and then eventually yeah. go overseas if he wanted to, instead of having to be told off at like 17 to go. Oh, yeah, because that's, <laughs> that's the thing. Not only is, not only is the soccer not good enough here, so he can't play in his prime here, but he's such an incredible young player that the development's not good enough here. And he has to go over it as a teenager to play for, you know, in Pulisic's case, Borussia Dortmund's development team and, and Sergeant, uh, what was his, where is he? I'm forgetting. I'm blanking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and they had to go over to Germany or, or England or someplace. And it's not, it's not a good look for us soccer, but you have to develop those things. And, and I think they're doing it smartly in some ways, even though it's not ideal right now. I don't know. Ian, do you have any thoughts about this? No, no, um, no thoughts. Yeah, I mean, just from a very U.S. centric perspective, it kind of stinks that this is a league where it's not. I mean, a league and even a country where you can't really develop players to the best of their abilities. Mm-hmm. Like you said, having players that just are the best players you your country has produced or can produce, and you have to put them somewhere else in order to get them to be the best player that can be. Um, you're, you're obviously just not used to that with basketball or, or, you know, football or baseball or anything like that. The, the best, the best are here and we can make you, I mean, that's why people flock to this country for those specific sports. And so it does kind of feel weird from like an outside perspective to see that happen. And it makes, it is a very odd feeling to have, get into a sport or be trying to get into a sport and know that you are like on the outside mm-hmm. like not only a knowledge base but just like in terms of like what the sport revolves around is mm-hmm. not the part that you're trying to get into not the mls yeah or you know or even your country it revolves over you know overseas or or below you in south america you know just any basically anywhere else other than your country yeah it's a weird it's weird it's 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 very different, but I find that kind of intriguing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. So why don't we do this in our final moments? Why don't we close this by speculating wildly on what <laughs> international player might join the ranks of the STLFC SC United Archers team in 2021? Is... Because presumably someone will join the ranks from 
I mean, I think a lot of these MLS teams tend to bring in a fairly substantial international player to get the hype train rolling, right, yeah. Justin? That's and that player is 100% Tim Ream. Uh, <laughs> very true. I mean, it could be from St. Louis for sure. And he's To get the hype train rolling. He's older and might want to come home. But if it's not Tim Ream, who do we think it is? Is um, Pele alive? <laughs> he is. Yeah, we don't he's want him playing soccer. 70. He's <laughs> 70. <alive>. Yeah. <laughs> Al Trost, come on down. Al Trost, yes. <laughs> History teacher um, Al Trost. Yes, but he knew Pele, so. Yeah, he, I mean. You're right, he can bring Pele. That's right, that's right. Okay, okay. Uh, Tim Ream is probably the most logical answer. I'm where's, trying to. Where does, he, where does he play for now? Where does he play? He's currently? with Fulham, is that correct? Fulham, yeah. Which is now in tier two, right? In, yeah. Anyway. I swear to you, I was going to guess. This sounds like a. a lower rank team yeah that okay, is correct yeah. they were they were and are um sorry tim no. lower rank team in this he, city i mean he put uh, <laughs> uh, full of guess why i don't know are they in london too yeah that's I, what I yeah think. i believe so i think you're right i think you're right excuse me and tim yeah and Tim played while they were in the Premier League and oh, no. just was one of the few that stuck around oh, while they got bounced. Southwest London, to be specific. Ooh, the fancy part, <laughs> I assume. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's probably Tim Ream. I'm trying to think of a fun player it could be. Who's so, older. you have the French connection, right? So, if you like in players in uh, the French League and League. So, you're saying uh, Kylian Mbappe? At the, oh, Mbappe. Well, I'm thinking PSG, but I'm thinking of players that went out. So, players that maybe aren't enjoying their time at PSG. Players that maybe, I don't know, have caused an international Ooh. incident over their one out of the team. Um, dive dive in and tell me who that might be, Justin. Uh, so, I'm thinking Neymar okay. is probably the first one for, uh, for SDL, the SDL uh, That would be. My guess. So you're saying Neymar and Kylian Mbappé are the <laughs> and Tim Ream at the, at the combined age of still younger than Tim Ream are the first crop of international players for San Luis. I got to tell you guys, I think we've got a shot with those three. I think we could be a serious MLS contender with two of the five most expensive players in the world. I'm just on. I'm just. Going out on a limb. I don't know. Ian, I think we're starting to go fund me now. Yeah, we should, probably, we should probably get on there and maybe a Kickstarter just for safety. Yeah. I yeah. think we've talked a lot about how if you load up your top talent, you're, you're going to win. You're going to win big. Ian, who do you want to bring in? <laughs> Pele. <laughs> Ian, name another soccer player. <laughs> oh, um, Zidane. <laughs> Maybe good coach. We'd be good. Yeah. I like that. I like that. According to this, 11 international players who could come stateside, there's Danny Alves, okay. uh, which they call maybe a long shot. Uh, then we've got Radamel Falcao. Uh, okay. That'd be good. How about Yaya Torre? I'd be all down for that because I love saying Yaya Torre. Uh, Ashley Young is another Manchester United man who is probably on the lookout for a new club. Yeah, he's, he's like a little rough. Pepe Reina. Ooh, get the goalie. Yeah. Pay for the high-priced goalie, I say. Gonzalo Higuain. Yes. His Give brother already plays here, so might as well. Vincent Company. Oh, do it. Get me him. Peter Chet and his weird headband. 
his weird headwear, and Frank Ribery. Oh, I'm for all of them. Give them to me. Give me all of those. And Aryan. Everyone's retired. Aryan Robin is the final. Oh, give them to me all. Give me anyone from Bayern Munich circa 2011, and I yeah, am. Yeah, Sebastian Schweinsteiger plays for Chicago. There we go. Uh, yeah. They had to move him back to the defense because he's no longer uh, good enough to be a <laughs> How sad, but he's still Schweinsteiger. So. Still Schweinsteiger. He's still actually good at defense. Schweinsteiger so. would have been a great name for the uh, quiz. Ian, has Bastion Schweinsteiger come over to the MLS as a foreign insult? No. Okay. Well, that's all. Uh, we're out of time here tonight, <laughs> folks. Uh, Ian, you've been great. Thank you for letting us torture you anytime, I'm sure. Charmed, I'm sure. I look forward to learning about soccer someday. That's right. Justin, do you have anything you'd like to say before we get out of here? No. Uh, Antonio Conte's tailor is starting to look at me weird. So I should probably. Yeah, his shop has probably been closed for four or five hours. They're like several hours ahead of us. Um, I would like to say thank you for listening to the third episode mm-hmm. of this podcast. Hopefully we'll be on iTunes very soon. I don't know what they're doing. We're on other platforms and we'll be on SoundCloud. You can find us on Twitter at SDL underscore podcast. We'd love to have you review or subscribe to the show wherever you find it, if you can find it anywhere at all. <laughs> Much like uh, that fellow who's lost uh, Major Tom in the space station, which will not be our outro song. Uh we're hard to find and sitting in a tin can and all that. So, uh, Ian, anything else you'd like to say? Any any final shots you'd like to take? Uh, the final shots for me? Yeah, I mean, to, for been, me to take? You have Call been out. horribly divisive this whole episode. So. Oh, I'm over it. <laughs> all right, folks. Uh, we will be back in the coming weeks to talk about many more things and torture and even further. Until then, uh, we will talk to you later and adios. Thank <laughs> you.